Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That is Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We have been friends for over 15 years, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Uh, Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. Never miss a week. Never. Never. Even if there's Skype Skype problems. We don't even use Skype. Even if there's Google Hangout problems. We do not miss a week. How are you? What's going on? I'm so tired. I just haven't been sleeping. And I actually sl- I took a two-hour nap. No, about an hour and a half before we recorded today. So I'm, I couldn't be – it's morning for me. It's morning in America for Joe on this right. episode. Um, but other than being tired, um, I'm pretty good. How are you doing? No complaints. I'm going – we're rushing through this. Um, we were going to do it a little bit later, but I'm going to see Fun Home uh, this evening in San Francisco, which should be exciting. Yeah. Mm. So let's do this. What is, what is the premise? It's coming to Los Angeles after it's in uh, San Francisco. What's the premise of this Fun Home? Well, all I know about it is the original was done in a round. Like um, around you, what? people could – the stage. Okay. Um, and I also know that the main characters, um, played by, I believe, three different actresses at three different points in her life, a la Moonlight. And she is, uh, les- she is a lesbian who comes out to her dad, who at the same time, I think the same time, the, then the dad turns around and comes out to her. So her dad is a gay man who then commits suicide. So it's uplifting, mm. like a, Sounds a like real a toe tapper. Yeah. Um, and there's song. It's a musical. It's a musical, yeah. Um, and there, I also know the main character is like a. Uh, I think she makes graphic novels or something, and a lot of the art from like her life, like is part of. I don't know if it's projected or what, but it's part of the show as well. So she is like a a comic book artist of sorts. So you know, I told you everything I know, and half of it's probably wrong. Oh, you've never seen the show? If it is, never seen it, no. And I barely know the music, too. And if I was wrong, please send an email to Fatty online. Uh, I don't know anyone's email address. I want to make a joke about it. Um, so um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned this musical. I just had um, lunch for the first time in a very long time, caught up with an old friend. Friend of the show, Buck Mason. Who, uh, as you know, works in – or used to work, actually. He's now changed sort of – shifted careers a little bit. But, you know, worked in um, theater. And he has a lesbian daughter. And uh, she – you know, since he's involved in theater, you know, uh, he knows the woman who created this show. And the woman talked to Buck's daughter for research while whilst writing the show. Okay. You know, because she's a young lesbian. So, uh, huh. yeah. So, uh, and also like into theater and stuff like that. So I know that she was, I know there was some sort of research pro- process and she was interviewed and whatnot and got her two cents put in and, on this. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I will let you know how it, how it goes. But I know nothing about this musical. I don't, I don't know the music. I'm not even joking. I made up an entire, I, the banners are all over Los Angeles and I made up an entire I, you told me the plot, and now I know it. I thought – I'm not even being funny. If, if you would have asked me two days ago, I would have told you, oh, I think if I had a guess, it's about like a mechanical home from the future, and the family lives in it, almost like the Jetsons. And it's huh. a musical that takes place in the future. I'm sure we have similar – the same ads in our city, uh, the ones that I – they're like bright colored and – Yeah. Yeah. Have you listened? Huh. Do, do well, you know I'll the, you know, do you know the music? No, I mean I've down on one of my road trips recently. I I usually try to download like a three or four. Like I download way more um, albums than I need, and then in the car, you know, you yeah, I don't know, you feel one or you don't feel one. So uh, Fun Home is 
on my devices, but I just didn't, I didn't really like feel it. I don't know. <laughs> so why are you so excited to go to this musical that you know nothing about and didn't feel the music? Well, everyone who like my few theater friends that I respect and go to a lot of theater are into this. Oh, I have one friend specifically who's really into it. So like I don't I don't suspect that I'm going to get into it the way she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if she enjoyed it as much as she does, there's something there, you know? Okay. Interesting. Uh, so anyway, was that one of your stories? It couldn't be worse than King and I that I went to. You liked King and I, I thought. I mean, it was okay, but it was still King and I at the end of the day. It's like you can have a beautiful house in fucking Phoenix, but then still live in Phoenix. All those musicals are very, very like they feel very, very old, like, like being in your, in your grandma's house. You know, like old and dusty. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. But is that one of your stories, or is, is Stephen going to this? No, his name's Steve, but no, his name's not I'm Stephen. Going, it is not. No, and I'm going alone. I got a rush ticket, just kind of um, because I have nothing else to do tonight. So I thought I would try, and I got it, and ta-da, twenty-five dollars, and it's the best seat available. It's a single seat, best seat available. So there's a good chance that I'll get a pretty good seat for what steve doing nothing. steve is doing dinner with a friend and drinks at his house after and i'm welcome to join them for drinks but i don't know if i will interesting so, interesting yeah. what's up with you what's going on i went to go visit my parents this week during the i like yeah. i like visiting them during the week sometimes i'll go on the weekends as well but i like to visit them during the week i have one okay. of those schedules where i can do that and living uh, the dream living the dream so I showed can't up to, pay for it, but living the yeah, dream. Can't pay for it, but living. <laughs> I don't know whose dream I'm living, uh, but I'm definitely. Everyone wants what they don't have, so you're living the dream of somebody who can't visit their parent parents on a weekday. Yeah, but wants to. Yeah, so I go visit them, and um, my mom is telling me she goes, Joey, I made. This fantastic Mexican bread called Cinco Tazas, and it's a cup of this and a cup of this or that, and blah, blah, blah. she's telling me the whole recipe. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start making it right there. <laughs> and uh-huh. I go, she goes, oh, my God, it was so, I made it yesterday. It was so delicious. And I go, oh, let me, let me try some. Mm, you can't. My fa- your father and I ate it. And it's I, gone. It's gone. And I go, oh, then why did you even tell me about it? I just wanted you to know I made it. I'm going to make it another time, and you're going to like it. And I go, oh, okay. And she goes, Joey, I'm not ch- I'm not kidding. You would think it's homemade. And I go, it is homemade. You made it. <laughs> In your home. Yeah. And she goes, you know what I mean, and then walked out of the room. What does she mean, Joey? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, and I, You know what's so funny is no one else can do this. I asked her that question, and she said, she gave me she gave me another non-answer and walked out of the room. Then um, my dad comes in and goes, oh, good thing you didn't come yesterday. And I go, why? And she goes, he goes, we're going to take your mom to the emergency room. And I go, she goes, why are you telling him this? You're going to make him nervous. And I go, why did mom go to the emergency room? Uh, she swallowed her tooth. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, she was... <laughs> Yeah, she was eating uh, a sandwich because my mom has like, 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 partial dentures or something. Uh huh. You know? And he, he she was eating a sandwich, and uh, all of a sudden she uh, like made a face, and then she said she swallowed her tooth. She took a tension out, and the, the tooth was gone. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going. I went to the emergency room because I felt something sharp go down my throat, and I didn't want to like like eat up my stomach. And I was like. Eat up your stomach. Do you th- like? Does my mom think like like teeth continue to, like chew? <laughs> Whether it's like 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 she swallowed a thing of chattering teeth. Yeah, just like when like eyes pop out in cartoons, they could still see. Yeah, it's the same thing, same concept. So um, so she went to the emergency room and then she goes. They did X-rays. They said everything's fine. So it's just gonna come out my poop, and I was like, oh, uh, all right. <laughs> Cool, mom. Yeah, so that was my visit with my parents. Uh, emergency room. Well, well, here's the question for you, Joey. Yeah. After all that is said and done, your mom's worry was that you would be nervous, or you yeah. would worry about her. Yeah. Are you worried about her? 
Well, I'm, well yeah, I don't want anything eating her stomach. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. How did your mom pass away? She ate her own stomach. <laughs> but by the way, if you ate your own stomach, where would it go? <laughs> yeah, you would just be nutri. It would be nutrients for yourself. Yeah. Would you just vanish? <laughs> this is how black holes start. Yeah. You didn't know that? I found I found that out. Hey Joey, um, the other day, um, well, let, you know what? Let me back up even further than that. So, a long time ago, I think even before I was dating RK, so like years ago, um, I was on Grinder and I met a guy who lived really close to me. Our conversation was never like sexual; it was like very friendly, right? And he lived super, super close, and it got to the point where we would just like log on to the app and say like hello to one another because we would always see each other you know mm-hmm. are you following me so far i follow you i don't believe these uh these app these alternative facts you're giving but go ahead no it's a it's actually genuinely i'm telling you my feelings a hundred percent were like he said hi to me so i said hi back like mm-hmm. i it was me i mean polite isn't the right word it was like me being like talking to someone who talked at me and it never got to a sexual point. So I never had to say like, no, not interested in that. Do do you follow me? Yeah. And maybe the same thing with him, like as we talked more or whatever, but anyway, uh, I just smacked my lips. Like Joe Batanz always says, I, um, uh, was talking to him for a long time. And then, uh, I think I probably said more than once maybe more than 10 times even like hey you know we go to the bar that's like around the corner from your house you should join us sometimes sometime it's like my house and my friend like come out because when in our conversations that he was saying he doesn't have a lot of friends outside of work and he would love to kind of work on that right Mm -hmm. so we go to the white house white sorry white horse bar next to my house one night and i had the app open for some reason and I um, messaged him. I was like, hey, we're going to the White Horse, you know, in 10 minutes. What are you doing? Just come have one drink, meet people, whatever. So he joined us. He was nice. He was polite. He was very quiet and almost like a little bit nervous, right? Yeah. Um, But everyone was really nice to him and everything was fine and he ended up leaving. That was that. Cut to, I mean, this was years ago, as I told you. Yeah. And then um, not too long ago, uh, I at some sort of social gathering, I met a guy who uh, is a friend of a friend, and he turned out to be, you know, fun and whatever. And I would run into him at social stuff or even on the street because he lives really close to me. Mm-hmm. And um, through just stories he told and whatever – I figured out that this guy that I met at social gatherings is the roommate of the guy from Grindr. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to start using names because it's my story. So the guy from Grindr, he has kind of a unique name. His name's Micah. Okay. No, I mean, it's not. I've heard it before, but he it's unique. on the second floor. So Micah um, is the guy I met on Grindr. And then the guy I met at social gatherings, his name is Jan. A man named Jan. And so through Jan's stories, I figured out primarily because he was like my roommate, whose name is Micah. And then I was like, I was in Nancy Drew. I'm like, does Micah, you know, mm-hmm. do this for a living or whatever? And I, I've put the pieces together. So I've never seen them together at the same time, but I do know that they live together. And I'm pretty sure they're different people. They're not the same person. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, cut to. Tuesday, <laughs> that was really hard for my brain. Cut to Tuesday. I'm coming home from Steve's house, um, kind of not super late, but like eight thirty, whatever. It's dark out and stuff, um, and I'm on the public bus. And who should jump on the bus? But Micah, who I haven't really seen since, you know, that long ago. But I, I he's in my mind because I've had these conversations with Jan recently. So Micah gets on the bus, and I say, "Hey, Micah," and I wave to him. And he, I mean, I said his name, we made eye contact, and he didn't acknowledge that I did anything. Like, complete ignore. Isn't that weird a little bit to you? That's my entire life, every day. People ignore you, or you ignore people? People ignore me, they pretend they don't know me, yeah. I I, I don't believe that, that 
really is true. But so like in my head, I kind of laughed because I was like, uh, after I acknowledged, by the way, so he gets on the bus, he sits like a row behind me and I kind of like watched him sit down to like make sure he wasn't going to say like, hey, how you doing or whatever. And he kind of like looked out the opposite window to like look away from me. And so like I laughed out loud because it made me laugh. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't really understand how to respond to that. Should I care that like potentially someone thinks something bad of me and they don't want to talk to me on the bus or should I just like this is like my anxiety peak right here I understand that but I think it's 100% on him even if you did the normal polite thing to do would be even if I did what do something to offend him oh even if I reached out no even if you did offend him in some way oh 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 the uh the polite thing to do would be to at least acknowledge your existence sure you know and be like and maybe kind of give you one word answers and be short but to like actually deny acknowledging someone's no, to, to not acknowledge someone's existence is very strange behavior to me this is all about him this is this has nothing okay. to do with you and maybe yeah it was bizarre maybe i don't i can't say what happened or not some of people are just weird people are just weird and have social anxiety issues you you said you met him before he went to the bar yeah 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 yeah. and he was and he was fine there and normal he was sort of uh, he had anxiety at the bar like it was clearly him being in a weird position that's actually a good observation that i i mean i know he's weird but like weird isn't maybe the right word but i know that he has like some anxieties but i feel like a hello is he asian he is mm, no, maybe Native American. I'm not really sure. He's not white, okay. but I'm not sure what his background is exactly. I do know, however, he was also raised by like a religious cult, and he <laughs> he escaped recently, how like you, in the last. How 10 are years. you? How are you even thinking? <laughs> and he, he just swallowed a tooth. Yeah. How are you thinking that uh, that you are responsible for any of this, by the way? No, 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 no. I don't for a second think I did him wrong or anything like that. But I just felt it was like weird to get such a strong snub with that. Like I felt like maybe he thought that he thought that I had done something. Yeah, but he's raised by a religious cult. He's true. And he clearly has anxiety in social situations. There's a lot going on here. But I want to go back to something actually that you – mentioned earlier okay i have a question for you and i want you to be honest this is a safe space and i don't think steve doesn't really listen anymore does he he did make a joke that he wants to do a binge listen of everything since he stopped listening Uh, okay but i mean i I, i'm honest no 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 no, i'll be as honest to you as i would to him okay does he beat you steve yeah no why would you even think that why are you so afraid to say you had on Grinder just as a gay man when you were single, a boyfriend before Steve, Bef- a boy before no, a boyfriend you had before Steve. That's a, that's actually the truth. And the reason that the time was important was, or the reason that the, I mentioned the time frame is just to mention like how long ago it was that we. Interacted. Well, not the time frame. That's not important. But you're like there are a lot of little parts where you were like, and I don't know why my Grinder was on. My Grinder was just magically on. And you're like, Queen. No, but that was. A- that was a joke, Joe. Oh, oh, I, oh, really? I'm not Dog's even joking. Dog's purpose bullshit joke. I'm, but... I'm, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I the way you delivered, I thought you were being serious. No, I when I said it, I I intentionally said, and I don't know why my grinder. Was oh, like, I really like, took that. I was like, oh god, Steve's beating him. I know. That was this was genuinely before RK, I believe. It could have been oh, between who cares the time Steve, is? but who cares when it was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I, the point is it was years ago. Yeah. That that was the reason the time came up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. Steven doesn't beat me. I think if anyone is abusive in the racial relationship, it's probably me. Have you ever have you ever hit a boyfriend? No, never. And I would never Has a boy has a boyfriend ever hit you? No, and no boyfriend ever hit me twice either. That's no, that's dumb. I know, um, I, I know there are some missing years in our friendship where we didn't talk as much. I don't know if this Oh yeah, with these other Daniel. boyfriends. Yeah, my Daniel phase was um, absent of Joe. Also, I, th- I believe years, I man. believe Drew as well. Yeah, well, Drew was the rebound from Daniel. Oh, was to he? be honest. Yeah. Oh God, we yeah we fucked all the time and would like I barely even knew 
like his middle name or anything. Anyway, hey Joe, um, speaking of being fucked, we did a poll on our Twitter account at CU Podcast, mm-hmm. and last week you and I talked about Steve offering to pay when we went out to eat with my dad. Um, I thought that maybe my dad could be offended when Steve offered to pay. Joe thought Steve did nothing wrong. What do you think, audience? It turns out 88% of our audience thinks Mike is a crazy person, and only 12% thinks Joe is a crazy person. Well, so, there look, you go. Here's the thing. L- let me tell you this. I, I was actually just talking about this with a f- – oh, God, I did it again. Where I like – I don't have to say that I was talking about it to a friend. Oh, the person you were talking to doesn't mean. <laughs> I feel you've gotten very comfortable on this podcast. And, you know, in the first hundred episodes or so, you were very, very careful not to let your dark side out. <laughs> and I think now in the second hundred episodes, it's you've, you've gotten more and more comfortable where you've let your freak flag fly a lot more easily. So now we're seeing, a, which is good. We're seeing a lot more. We're seeing a real person now. Uh, and and by the way, like I, I, I was just, oh, I was just thinking, because <laughs> you remember on those early episodes, I was such a fucking asshole. Like sure. I was a total jerk, and I think I've softened up. And I think your jerkiness has started to. Not jerk. This wasn't a case of the jerkiness, but your own little idiosyncrasies have now you let them come through on the show a lot more. That's an interesting perspective. The way I would frame it, because uh, it would make that way makes you look good. No, I know. I think I always look bad. No, no, no. I think the way I would frame it is we in the beginning of the show were like a a really concentrated version of ourselves, and we have now sort of like diluted into a real person where i think you're i don't think you were an asshole in the beginning though i think you are like aggressively funny though if that makes sense and your like your jokes are sometimes like the joke the payoff of the laugh is worth more than i don't know I don't want to say like the feelings of everyone involved because that makes you sad. Oh, I it's see what not, you're saying. You're not that callous, but like that is that is the kind of the primary objective, and then like that story know, with um, I, I didn't use his real name, but I told the story I think on what someone called lies about when I like made a joke at my grandma's expense as a teenager. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I don't know, uh, but that was the poll this week. Um, follow us on Twitter at cu podcast uh, for a. Twitter poll next week. We'll see what you guys are thinking about something we discuss in this episode. Maybe one of our news stories, because I think we both got news stories, right? Yeah. But this is too, what, what happened. What happened during our hiatus where you now don't let me tell a second story? What do you mean? I still have another story. Oh, you do? Oh, you still have another story, too? Oh, 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 oh. I thought yeah. this was a transition to the news stories. Oh, no. Oh, okay. What, uh, what else is up with you, Joe? I really have no idea. I mean, my story is so dumb. <laughs> we could have totally gone to news. Um... You know, uh, a friend of the show, Patrick Keene, invited me to a comedy, a party for comedians. Some, uh, sure. You know the comedian Al Madrigal? Yeah. He's launching some sort of comedy thing. I don't know what it is, right? Okay. All Things Comedy is what it's called. And he was having a party. He goes, you want to go? I'll put you on my guest list. And I was like, all right. And, you know... You know, years ago, I knew all the – I would go to a comedy club and I knew everybody, you know. But I haven't done stand-up in years, a few years. At least, I don't think, about, I don't think about we've done the podcast if i done stand-up. Um, I think the end of your stand-up stuff ended right about before. the time we yeah. started. And uh, I, I just, you know, I just lost touch with a lot of them. So I show up and there's all new comedians. And there's some that I knew. So I, there were a few people. You know what's so funny is comedians pride themselves on being socially awkward. I go, oh, I'm social. Every comedian party I go to, they're the most socially, uh, you know, adept people that I've ever seen. They're all talking to each other, having a grand old time. Melissa McQueen is there, and I know Patrick Keene, and you, I know a few other people there, right? Mm-hmm. But they were all new other people. Everyone there, so I was so tugging on Melissa McQueen's like, like dress making her take me all over the place i look like such 
a weirdo there. I was like such a wallflower, just had no one to talk to. Because here's the thing. I'm really good in very specific group number size. So I'm good in groups of three to six, I would say. Maybe eight. Okay. (laughs) Anything. I'm not good in one-on-one situations. Right. And I'm not good in any on big groups. So sure. And I think when you say you're not good, I think you mean you're you have more anxiety. Yes. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. So I was just I was there for two hours. Well the party was only like three hours long and I was there for two of them. And then I was like, ah, I'm gonna leave. But mm-hmm. then you know what? They had a they had complimentary valet. Okay. And I'm one of these people, I want to know where you are on this. I have to I have to change. I think we're changing as a society. I never have fucking cash on me, ever, because I debit yeah. everything. But there are certain situations where you just need cash. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know there was going to be a valet. It was complimentary. So I needed to get my car, and I needed to tip them. So I had to go back inside and ask – I had to go find McQueen in this party and then be like – and then she's talking to a bunch of people, so I don't want to say it in front of them. So I go, can I talk to you when you're done? And she's like, oh, okay. And then she pulls – she's like, what's up? And I go – can I have $2 for the valet? <laughs> and you know, I haven't explained to her. You know she I'll just thinks I'm, you. Yeah, you know she thinks I'm poor. Like, oh, poor Joe doesn't even have $2 to, for the valet. You know? Right. But I didn't have any cat. And also, go the get party was... tacos at Jack in the Box. Yeah, the party was at a warehouse in, like, an industrial area. So it's not like I could just walk to an ATM. Right. So, but I had to do it today. When I went to go to do Sirius XM, they have a valet as well. I had to stop. Do you it. think the solution is that a lot of these places are going to take like Apple Pay or something oh, like I that? I would love it if they did. I really would. I had to stop at Seven Eleven. I, I didn't know what to buy because I didn't want to buy. I didn't. I don't want to drink caffeine because I, okay. I knew I wanted to come home and sleep because I hadn't slept last night. And so I didn't want to drink caffeine to keep me up for my nap. Okay, but I didn't want anything super carby and sugary. So I literally got like a beef stick. <laughs> And, and a car air freshener, and a and a and a and a and a sour apple Perrier. Okay. And then I got five dollars, just so you could get cash. Just so I yeah. get cash, and then I had some for the valet. But like, I, I'm so I I have to carry cash around with me now, especially when you go to these taco trucks. A lot of the places I like to eat do not take cards. So I think okay. I'm, well, now you're making an argument for why you should have cash. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have to. I'm thinking I'm gonna have to start carrying cash around on me. But you know what? I think it might be good actually for budgeting reasons. So if yeah. I take out like I'm gonna spend sixty dollars this week, right? I don't know. I'm making up an arbitrary number. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna spend sixty dollars this week. Once that sixty dollars is gone, it's gone. Because on a debit, you just keep you just keep going. Right. You don't know. But another thing that. Um We've talked about this on the show even, I believe. There was a time where like my debit card numbers got compromised or something. So they closed my card and were sending me a a new one. And during that time, I had to operate on cash. I mean it was – it took like a week. But I remember I was spending so much less because I was worried that I would run out of cash before I could go get more cash. So I was like holding on to the cash and hoarding it. Because I was afraid of not having it. So I ended up saving. Yeah, I think I'm going to start doing it. Next week, experiment. Do it. Joe's financial do experiment. It. Just carry, like, I'm going to budget a certain amount of cash, and then that's what I spend. Yeah. That's how I run my personal finances, but I do, I transfer money on payday to the account that is used for, like, I, I'm not a budgeter where it's like, I have an Excel sheet and there's line items, but I do know kind of what my expenses are and those go out of one account and then I transfer play money, so to speak. Yeah. But play money is also like dinners and eating out and movies and, you know what I mean, everything else yeah. that's not a bill or a, a reoccurring expense. So this is Money Talk with Mike and Joe. Yeah. Uh, find us online at Mike and T- Joe's. Mike and Joe makes sense. C-E-N-T-S. Yeah. Dot com. Um, the owners of Mike and Joe make sense. S E N S. Wait, S E N. I really can't spell S E. I know we're going with this joke. Um, you're going a long way and you're opening up a big can of worms. Um, hey, Joe, I wanted to tell you uh, we got a lot of. Um, Hashtag makes sense. Go ahead. 
We got a lot of uh, folks. Uh, we mentioned we wanted an intern. We have, I think, at this point, six responses, right? Does that sound right? Yes. And here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to close it off soon. Um, we're going to give it a couple days after this episode airs, just in case there's someone who wanted to reply but didn't. And I got a little more info about what we're going to have uh, our intern folks do. Uh, we're going to split up the back catalog of Catching Up episodes, and the interested interns will get a, a segment of our back episodes that they will then listen to, and they're going to help us create tags, and they're also going to write maybe a like quick synopsis of um, the episodes. And that'll be make it that'll make it so our, our website's a little more searchable and stuff. But here's the fun part, in my opinion. I feel like that part is boring, but there's people that seem really excited to do it. Um, the fun part for me is that then uh, we are going to catch up with you where you will kind of give us I mean, we're certainly going to figure out, you know, talk to you about who you are and stuff. That's exciting to us. But we'll also get a little bit of a summary of the segment you were given of episodes. So we might have some questions for you about those episodes and whatever. And then we're going to turn it into something cool that we'll distribute right about the time that we're hitting episode number 200 for catching up. So that's the plan. If you are interested, email us really soon. Um, guys at cupodcast.com find us on twitter or something just get to us yeah and by the way if you're listening to this and you are a an attractive male <laughs> be, i was gonna do an ageist thing but i don't want to perpetuate that joke if you're an attra- if you're an attractive male uh you have longer to respond in fact you can always respond you can always be joe's intern yeah Remember, you know what's so sad, and I hope that. Do you think this guy still listens? Remember, I had Joe's uh, before before Cameron, Joe's uh, podcast boyfriend. Yeah. Remember the listener? I was in love with him, and I, I called him my po- my official podcast boyfriend. What was his name? I don't remember. I don't know if he still listens. If you still listen, if you whoever you are, please please email us at guys at cupodcast dot com. Cool. Hey Joe, I wanted to tell you. Um... In San Francisco, you might find this interesting. If you don't, I'm certain that we have... Are you telling the story? Huh? Are you telling the story? What story? Well, just, are you telling a story? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Like, what did you think I was doing? I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Um... What? Um, if you don't find this story interesting, maybe I I'll, I will put money that we have at least one listener that will. Um, pop quiz, hotshot. There's a bunch of rat turds in your kitchen. Once a city inspector sees them, your health score drops. And if it drops to San Francisco's bottom 5%, Yelp actually places a nasty note on your page. So what do you do? Well, if you're some San Francisco restaurants, you apparently write a check. A payment to retake that pop quiz, if you will. It's part of a pilot program that allows poorly rated restaurants to purchase an inspection do-over in hopes of earning a better health score. I'm curious what you think about it because it feels like, like, why? I don't understand why they have to pay to take the test again. Shouldn't they just clean up their act and then they get the test? I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it exactly. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I know who you're thinking about that might find it interesting. But also, yeah, Nico Martinez. Also, like, Yelp places, <clears throat> excuse me, Yelp tells people if you're in the bottom 5%, but that feels kind of shitty. Like, someone has to be in the fi- bottom 5%. What if, what if the bottom 5% in San Francisco, this isn't the case, but what if the bottom 5% in San Francisco is like the bottom, I don't know. It's like a bottom 15% restaurant in L.A. or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, that seems kind of weird. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on all of this? So let me get this straight. So if, if, they, if the restaurant gets a low health grade from the city, they have to clean up their act and they have to pay to take, to take the test again. Sort of. They can clean up their act quickly and then basically whitewash it from their reputation. So. Uh-huh. That never be it kind of like is removed from your permanent record, so you never dipped below a, that negative score. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I, I don't know that I know enough about this 
world to be dangerous, but not enough to really know the facts. Because sometimes one of the things you hear is that the grading system is so arbitrary that people can get a lower health score for things that aren't really that big of a deal. Okay, like let's say, for instance, the refrigerator is like two degrees too warm, you know? Right. Um, or who knows what else, you know, is going on. But I think I've also had conversations with people where they tell me, like, what the, 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 like, the amount of gross things that happens just to get a B is so gross. Like, that, in other words, that the other side is that the grading system is too generous, that there are a lot of mm. things that they let slide for an A. So to get a C is, like, disgusting. What are your thoughts on the, like, Yelp's new alert for users so, that's well, rolling so what, out? So, so what I'm saying, though, is because I'm not a, I'm not super aware of, of the of the rating system, like, I don't think Yelp should do this because I, who knows? In other words, somebody could get in the bottom 5%. Okay, let's say, for instance, you might get, you might get shut down because – there was um, the 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 apartment is an apartment above your restaurant, and they had a sewage leak, and it leaked into right. your restaurant. Right, and it's out of your sure. control. It's easily solved. You have to shut down for a little bit, but now you're in the bottom Fix thing. It. But it has nothing. But you, yet you have the scarlet letter, uh, right? Uh, and I don't think that's fair. What's even worse is Yelp is saying that because of this, like, pay to clean your 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 slate, so to speak. Uh, thing they are going to start uh, keeping so if they get a negative report it'll stay negative for six months regardless of if you uh, improve and wipe your your slate clean if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so Yelp is going to keep poor health score alerts active for six months even if you got your new score. Yeah, I don't think that's um, right. I, I actually, I, I, again, like many of these um, Silicon Valley companies, I think Yelp is evil. As we all know, they do things where they like, um, if a, if a game rest- the algorithm, game the algorithm. They go to a, if a restaurant has bad reviews, they go to them and say, if you pay us a certain amount of money, we'll make like the not go away, but they like bury the bad reviews. Right. And uh, and and also, I think they go they like will hurt you if you don't buy into some sort of like group or advertising promotion that they have um you okay yeah go ahead i i the way i would word it is you it's almost like a facebook ad and the way our content doesn't get read by everyone in our following unless we pay for it to get seen by everyone in our following and yelp is kind of the same way like you have better exposure if you pay yeah and so i i agree it's weird like yelp like they're purpose was to make our lives easier and better but now i don't know i i it feels like the gaming of all of it is not and also that doesn't jive well for i'm going to tell our audience if you go on yelp don't just look at the rating and number of stars you have to go in and read the reviews because sometimes people will give a restaurant shitty reviews because it'll be like i went there on a sunday and they're closed on sundays one star and you're like, yeah. what? that has nothing to do with the quality of the food. I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, Steve and I went to a Vietnamese restaurant. So I look at Yelp reviews. A lot of times I look because if, you know, the 10 reviews I read all mention one dish, then that's a dish I'm going to look at when I get there. Um, so I do that more than actual, like, ratings, looking for the ratings. But um, – Steve and I went to a Vietnamese place who had a decent rating, but the one review that stood out was someone gave it a negative review because the fish tank by the door only had two goldfish in it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the <laughs> stupid shit that you see on Yelp. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's an interesting news story from up here. Um, what do you got going on in L.A.? Any news stories there? Yeah, Mike Lawson, Judy Garland's remains moved from New York to Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Uh-oh. The remains of actress Judy Garland are being relocated from New York to Los Angeles's Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Garland died in 1969 at age 47 after overdosing on barbiturates. At that time, her final resting place had been a mausoleum in Hartsdale, New York. However, TMZ reports that Garland's remains were removed from the mausoleum and flown from JFK to LAX on an American Airlines flight on Tuesday. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. her luggage got, the luggage got lost. She landed up in Des Moines, like Des Moines, Iowa. According to People Magazine, Garland's daughter, Liza Minnelli, moved Garland's remains so that she will be interred with her children and grandchildren. There was no room to do so at her former burial site. 
Um, I'll just leave it at that. And then they just tell you about different movies she made in Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Mm. Even though I do want to tell you about Hollywood Forever Cemetery, it's it's um, one of these places where um, it's now like a strange tourist attraction. It's directly behind Paramount Studios. Right. And it was falling into disrepair. There's a documentary about it. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, well, I've seen it. I'd, it's, it was on Netflix for a while, yeah. And it's those brothers they pay six feet under on. Six feet under, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and they do, like, the movies. You've yeah. even t- talked about going to see a movie Sinespia. at least once. Oh. Is what it's called. <laughs> yeah, so now, um, I wonder if they, like... Um, go ahead. She, uh, by the way, she probably was still drunk. Like... <laughs> When they moved her, is she? They, I, I maybe missed it because I was zoning out. Did is she cremated or was it like her actual like? Ugh, that what an awful job to have to like do that. But, um, cool. To be honest, like Liza Min, wait, Liza Minnelli is still alive, right? Liza Minnelli is still alive, but she's approaching the end. Am I wrong to say that? that? You know, I read another article about this. It wasn't as friendly to read on the show it was more like you know like you know, those casual talky ones i can't read yeah because it's like you ever want to be and you're like oh i know i want one to sound like a news story i want to sound like a newsman mike lawson so uh on that one she was saying that um because she and lorna left her sister are getting older they're starting to think about that stuff even though she should she life and ellie should have been thinking about this 20 years ago you know right she's probably in better health now than she was 20 years ago speaking of huh. drunk right <laughs> she was yeah. a big hot mess so do you think there'll be a lot of gay guys at the scene judy garland cemetery do you think that like, I, I'm, I'm telling you what, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go visit her grave um, a friend of mine in LA who you are aware of, he used to go to famous people's graves. Like he would, he knew, I mean, I went to all different graves with him. I went to like the stairs where Salminio got stabbed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we would do all that kind of stuff. Does he have a district named after him? Um, uh, a district. Who the fuck? A district? A school district? No. Like a oh, like the Castro district? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, hey Joe, he's um, I want to sell Minio. By the way, it's did, did he? Is that why he would like sell Minio? I don't know. He he was an interesting guy. He was really obsessed with like celebrity. De- we went to like the house where they found Marilyn Monroe's body and like stood there for a few hours too. Like, well, remember when we would do remember, all that? Remember kind of he wrote stuff. that movie? Wasn't it about that? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that the ending? Kind of like there was a little... no the movie he wrote. This is not our story. Why are we? Whispering? The movie he wrote. <laughs> the movie he wrote was about a group of actors that would reenact celebrity deaths and then. One person in the acting troupe would really start killing people. No, no, that wasn't the one I read. That was the one that was sort of like his life story. Remember? Oh, I don't remember that okay. one. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, but then like they carry a dead body to yes, the Hollywood yes, sign. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. It was like Weekend one. at Bernie's, but like yeah. totally serious. Because like, wasn't it, like his mom or his friend <laughs> really like movies? Like she always wanted to go to Hollywood, so they carry her dead body to the Hollywood sign. Oh my god, that movie was so bad. <laughs> Uh, Joey, as we all continue to point fingers at groups, individuals, and institutions for causing the walking nightmare we are all in now, one San Francisco company is in for a rough few years at the center of the blame game, Twitter. Tonight, we uh, will be the first of probably many protest actions aimed at Twitter itself. By the way, this is last week for you guys listening, because tonight is tonight. Um, They have a protest They have a protest projection planned starting at 5 p.m. that has these like projection things that they're going to be projecting onto the Twitter building, onto the headquarters itself. And it, the ones that I see, they say mouthpiece of fascism. Um, and from the looks of the photos, it looks like they're going to be, um, uh, already, they are, because there's already photos, I'm guessing they've already like tested it or something, but I don't know. So I was just curious what you think. Like, what, what, like, should Facebook and Twitter be, I don't know, like, should they be more, are they responsible for uh, making sure 
certain content doesn't have or get the attention it is getting or like should they be in the like filter game should they be censoring specific content i don't know i have really weird thoughts on it so i was curious what you would say i think there's two different scenarios here i think with twitter apart from very light monitoring to make sure people aren't being bullied or harassed or threatened online i think twitter is fine the way it is does that make sense uh you know, people just spout out their words. And unfortunately, if something if someone says something that offends you on Twitter, uh, tough nuts, right? So get off Twitter. Facebook is a little different. Yes, it has that aspect to it. But also Facebook has an element where they put news stories in your feed based mm-hmm. on an algorithm where they decide what stories you like. But also, like, I think you can subscribe to them. And so there was that problem with fake news in this past election cycle, because I don't know what you, but I, I was a little bit more savvy. And so I would always look at the source. And if it wasn't a main, this is where my English teacher and I butt heads, but if it wasn't a mainstream media source, I would, I wouldn't necessarily, if it was outrageous and it was depending on the site, if it was like, I love Republicans.com, then I would give it no credence. But if it was like a questionable site, I would, I would look for a mainstream media source that backed it up, right? Sure. But if sure. it was from a mainstream media source, then I would do that. But a lot of people don't. My parents are a good example. My mom would be like, Joey, I saw that Donald Trump is going to make an- another version of Gilligan's Island and send all the Muslims there. I'm like, what? According to who? <laughs> it, I saw it on the news, Joey. It's on the news on Facebook. You know, she doesn't yeah. look at the source. The source is hahaha.com, you know? Sure. So. Sure. But here's the thing, like, even the, I, fee, I feel the damage might already be done, bef- like, regardless of the source, that just having the headline there has some damning sort of effects on the public kind of opinion of different things. So what if we never read a news story and all we saw was the feed with the headlines, which many of us are actually, that's how we're getting our news. We're not actually reading many of the, the, the articles, but we are forming opinions on things just based on, you know, the headlines. There's an interesting example I've used. I've actually used this in a talk that I gave. I have screenshots. And I I don't think he listens to our show, but he's in the podcast world. There's a guy, he goes by the name Baron Frosty. And he posted on Facebook once. He knows that I use this too. He posted on Facebook once a link to an article about a mom who, uh, if I remember correctly, she was like poisoning her young daughter and she was using her the uh, mystery illness of her daughter. To, uh, she was saying her daughter had a mystery illness, even though it was the poison, to write a blog and to get this like public attention, right? So it's an awful story, whatever. But the funny part is that uh, Baron Frosty shared the link, and he the share text he wrote with the the article's headline and everything was, "I haven't read the story." Dot dot dot. But people like this should be publicly stoned to death. And that was like so crazy to me. Like he he openly admitted in the same sentence that like he didn't read the content. But then he did say he has feelings about it and he's sharing it, sharing it, the article. But also he's sharing his feelings that he feels that that person should die. And he hasn't even like consumed all of the article. And that's not a judgment on him at all. That's a judgment on how all of us are are reading the news and that's how we're getting information now. That's not, and this isn't to throw shade at him at all. Cause I'm a hundred percent guilty of that exact same thing, forming opinions before I've read, read the story or forming opinions and having no intention of reading the story. Well, I think so people have called on Facebook to do something about this. And I, I, I think, cause I think their concern, obviously besides revenue is cause it makes a lot of money for both Facebook and the people who write it is stepping on free speech and Silicon Valley is very sensitive about that. But like they could do a thing where they like highlight the story and say like, you know, make sure, and look, you know, like this is a source that I think, and aren't they doing something like that? Who's the one that's going to do a joint thing with like factcheck.org and I, is it Facebook? I think so. I'm not, I don't know for sure though. But where they kind of highlight like these stories are kind of deemed credible and there's some sort of like tag with it so people can spot it. But I don't know. It, it, it's a crazy time where people – like fake news is like a real thing. 
And yeah, I don't really have <clears throat> strong feelings about like like I don't know what a solution would look like. Um, and I certainly think like what do these protesters want? Shut down Twitter or like remove Trump from Twitter and then he goes somewhere else? Like it's not. I don't know. Yeah. What do they, do they say? What they want? Do they say what they want? They want him to be removed from Twitter. Oh God, no. That's stupid. Yeah. One, he's the president of the United States. You can't remove the president of the United States from Twitter. And sure. And he doesn't say anything. He says things that are ridiculous, but he doesn't say he doesn't call for violence on anyone. You know, an individual. He doesn't. He says hateful things, but unfortunately, again. We can't be so effect- – like, y- y- you can't police that. People are going to say horrible things, and you have to be okay with hearing that. And the solution is that you s- – not say horrible things back, but in the case with Donald Trump, is then you protest and you march and you make your voice heard. I'm not saying necessarily you say horrible things back, but if that's what you, you want to do, you're more than welcome to do that, you know? Yeah. But there are other ways of doing it. But you, people have to learn to not be so sensitive about the words. What are your uh, thoughts on the president using Twitter in the way he does? Like, do you? I think he's a complete moron. He's an idiot. Sure, but I wouldn't say kick him off Twitter. <laughs> so. Right. I I I find it interesting. There's like um, some debate, like how the media can't cover him correctly on using the way he, because of the way he uses Twitter as like a one way communication or whatever. But like that's the media's problem to fix, right? Like. Yeah, know. the media. That's really interesting to me. Like, I feel like the president is going to use new media, and then the the media has to figure out how to cover it. I don't know. The media doesn't like to take a hard look at itself, so it. Some of them do, yeah. but there, you know, there always be uh, an element that will still play into that, especially as media grows and grows and grows. So right. you may have like the big ten media outlets who decide like we're not going to put up with this but you're going to always still have Breitbart News and um sure. Alex Jones and all those people who still just jump in and fill in your place. And so I think they struggle. It just feels a little bit like um anti-progress almost like the yes the president uses Twitter but like a generation ago the president, you know, wanted to use TV and people were upset about that because it didn't was harder for them to cover or before that it was like he president started doing radio dresses and that you know what i mean like you adapt and that's their job to adapt well i don't don't think is anyone is anyone in the media complain for about trump using twitter yeah there's i could yeah yes there's debate about like the that he's releasing statements like this but then they're not factual can he delete a tweet can the president put out a statement and then delete it like what what, there's like this is all uncharted and interesting and new. Yeah, we'll figure that, it out. I mean, but like, I, I, but I think the media doesn't have a problem with him being on Twitter. I think they they have a, they might have to examine how they cover it because he often uses Twitter as a distraction tool. So, well, I think that the the criticism isn't that he should not use Twitter. The criticism is the way in which he's using Twitter. But those are different things. Well, if, right? if that's the case, and I mean, they they have to take a hard look at themselves how they cover him using Twitter. He can use Twitter however he wants to use Twitter. Sure. That's what they said. What? Cool. What? That's what I said. <laughs> we agree. Okay. Um, what else? Do you have another news story? I sure do, Mike. Disneyland has a new restaurant and it is absurdly expensive. Disneyland has finally opened the long rumored 21 Royal to the public. The small restaurant located in New Orleans Square requires a total buyout of the 12 person space to visit. It costs $15,000. What? Yes. <laughs> Um, so plans for, okay, so plans for 21 Royal were first announced in 2014 and the space is now finally fully operational. The restaurant will host only one group at a time. The party meets its guide at the Grand Californian Hotel and Spa and is taken into the park where the restaurant sits on the second floor of a New Orleans Square building right above Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, I know that building. Remember oh. they used to have like a, they used to sell like, like a gallery. Yeah, like a gallery there. There's a cocktail hour where guests can explore the pretty luxurious two-bedroom apartment in which they'll be dining. The sommelier is on hand to tell tales of Disney history. Then, on to the main event. A seven-course dinner created by 21 Royal Chefs Andrew Sutton and Justin Monson. And then they have dessert on the patio. The um you with that you get it comes up to twelve fifty per person one thousand two hundred fifty dollars per person, 
um, and it includes tax, gratuity, valet parking, and park admission. I'm going to tell you something. Well, if you subtract park admission from 12 people, I mean, how much is I that? I mean, it's, it's, it's like 150 per person. So now you're down to like $1,100, right? And it includes okay. dinner. So it, it, like a f- good full dinner, yeah, too. Yeah, and, and, and a private you know, a space at Disneyland. Everything. I'm thinking like, yeah, it's very expensive. But if if you're going to go all out like on vacation and go to Disneyland, I don't think it's that big of a – like, yeah. I mean, I think it costs like five or $6,000 anyway, maybe more for a family of four to go. Right. I think it's extravagant. I um, mean, it, it's an extravagant choice because you could do it cheaper – and do you think those people are then having a full Disneyland experience, you know? Like, I don't know. I I don't think – I don't – when you originally said it, I thought that's ridiculous and stupid. But then when you do break down the cost, it seems a little more reasonable. But it is still pricey. No, it's very, very pricey. But in – Disneyland is pricey. But Disneyland is pricey. It's not like Disneyland's $20. Uh, Anymore, recently yeah. when I was uh, – Mercedes had some friends visiting and they were about to go to Disneyland and I looked at the prices and it's insane. It is in – it's insanity the prices that, – that door, I swear to God. The prices <laughs> are insane at Disneyland. Yeah. So – uh, it, yeah, it's it's definitely more expensive than Disneyland. But like, if you're gonna if you're coming in from out of town and you want to have an experience and you have the money, I don't think it's that bad of a deal. How long? Like, how many t- sets of twelve can they do in a day? I wonder. Like, do you think they have like they'll book up and they have to do back to back to back to back, or are they doing a couple a day or I one don't know. a day? I imagine you could. I, you can't do more than three, don't you think? Sounds like a long experience. I bet you, though, if this is popular, they will figure out a way to start your cocktail hour. And then when you move to dinner, the next cocktail hour starts. And then when you move, I don't know. That place is that place is real. That that, I I know that space. It's it's not that big. Well, it's the bedroom part too. They said so. It's not just the little like the open area room did it say it was two stories no just, it was just one on story, the it, story. but I've, I've the gallery took up the whole space i remember correctly um well what was behind that gallery because i mean there's a kitchen in there too somehow yeah there probably is but they could also be using the club 33 kitchen i don't know yeah i don't know who knows um this is disney talk with mike and joe uh-huh find us on the web at mike and joe talk disney dot com um cool joe what do you got going on next week next week i am going to go see and and i actually have to maybe one of our interns can do the research here i think this might be the fifth annual trip that richard and i go see dina martina cool that uh drag queen i'm gonna go see her on monday i mean i'm sorry on saturday night with some friends and richard and his friends um are any of the friends white richard's friends oh uh yeah because richard's friend fernando is married to a white guy Okay. But, um, um, yeah, I think that's what I got. I don't think I have anything else going on. Cool. What about you? Well, it's Chinese New Year, Gonghei Fat Choi. So, Saturday, it's, it's Chinese New Year is a big thing in our house. There's already, like, decorations up and stuff. So, we're also celebrating the baby's second birthday. So, um, we, as you know, Ricardo and Alex have a baby, and he's two. Uh, his second birthday actually just passed, but we're going to celebrate it this weekend with a pretty big shindig. How long have you lived there? Uh, um, since I would say f- this October, so tw- October 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. So four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I feel like change is coming. From their end or your maybe end? Maybe from my end. Yeah. Like I'm just like it's really I pay nothing in rent for the Bay Area. And your room is so huge. Yeah, every all of those things are good, and the price that I do pay, price in quotation marks. I mean, because there's no such thing as a cheap room, right? So the price that I do pay is in like having to share kitchen space and like the living with a baby that changes the dynamic of a place mm-hmm. his sister's now staying with us to help with the baby it just is i don't know i'm just not as comfortable as i used to be or i'm i feel like i'm willing to pay more in actual money to get something that's closer to what i want to live in you know mm-hmm. we'll see so 
Anyway, I'm going to see Fun Home. See you, Joe. All right. <laughs> Bye. Go to hell. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.